Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rimble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call. 618-262-2810 and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. Now let me say that again. We We recognize who you are and we will keep your Shabbat. Lord God, let us rest in you. Let us do that which is according to the law of Shabbat. And Father, that you might bless us Bless our families as we move into the things that you have in store for each of us. 
Father, I ask you to bless your word this day and let it come forth into the hearts and the minds and even the bodies of every person that's in this room. And Satan, I bind you from that in the name that's above every name, the name of the Father's Holy Son, Yeshua. And everybody said amen. 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 You can be seated. Everybody feels better after uh, seven days of fasting and a full stomach. Amen. The subject for the love of God. For the love of God. God's love will never be understood by your eye fully while we're here on the face of this earth. A love that created all things and all things that ever was or ever will be created, he created. And yet at the same time, we as humans seem to so easily forget that he loved us enough. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this book chapter and verse, and you're already going to have repeated it in your mind before you ever turn to it, because it is, if you will, it is absolutely the thing that every Christian understands. Turn to 316 of John. What did I tell you? Huh? Isn't it something how that that is embedded into our minds and into our spirits. And, of course, it just said, for God so loved the world. Why do I want you to turn there? I always want you to look at the Word. I always want you to look and see it. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world. Did he have to, you ever think about this, did he have to give Did he have to give his only begotten son? Well, of course, we know he did because he had it prophesied. But before all that, no, he didn't. He gave because he loved us. And see, the argument of the church, which has gone on and on and on, is that the blessed God that he came and the Old Testament passed away. The law was no longer needed. And now that we're Christians, we just automatically now are blessed. The 91st Psalm is ours because we're Christians. Well, if there's anything I believe you have learned to this point in time, that wasn't the case. God is supreme. The smartest thought, thus saith the Lord, that man will ever have, you or I, or collectively probably, will be completely stupid in the eyes of God. Einstein, uh uh-huh. Any other great minds there ever has been, ever will be, or you yourself. There is something about this human part of us that starts causing us to be or to think to be things that we're not. You know, sometimes we get to believing that, bless God, that we are spiritual. Oh, so spiritual. Sometimes we get to think, of the word, oh, we are so uh, scriptural. But you know, the thing that I've tried to teach you is, is you must never forget there's more tomorrow with God than you know today. What happens to denominational churches is that they only have a doctrine. And when they, when they get to the end of that doctrine, they just start all over again. Because why? Because they have nothing new to add to that. But if you are students of God's Word, if you'll study God's Word, and let me, let me just say something. You should be, 
If you've been in this organization at least two years, you should now be at least spending one hour a day in the Word. Now, I'm not talking about studying the material. I'm talking about out from under that with your concordance going into those things and looking at those things of which, bless God, you have heard in the materials and want to seek out further. That's what you should be doing. What's that got to do with the love of God? Because God has a plan. He has a plan. And, and, and you know, until we can understand who God really is, it's going to be very, very difficult to understand what he's trying to do and what he has done, okay? Well, turn with me, if you will, into Exodus, the 20th chapter, the 5th and 6th verses. Now, uh, again, you've probably been around me, but at this point in time, you probably can, okay, or pretty well know where we're at, okay? Fifth verse, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God. So what is he? He's a jealous God. God's jealous? Yeah. Yeah, he's a jealous God. Visiting the iniquity, the sin of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now, I have touched just a little bit on how is it and who is it that hates him. Well, I can tell you right now, it's him heathens down the road. No, no. No, it's not the heathens down the road that he hates. Not in the way that he hates here. Well, wait a minute. I thought God was all love. How can he hate? Oh, I don't know. Read the book. All right? But he's saying, and, and I always thought this was so unfair, that if in fact my forefathers up the line, if in fact their sin can be passed down unto the third and fourth generation, of those that hate me. Now, who's he talking about here? He's talking about the children of Israel. He's not talking about some drunk up on Main Street that's never been to church or received the Lord God. Now, the sixth verse, he says, And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. That love me. There's, let's see, there's those that hate me. The ones that love me, now wait a minute, the ones that love me, he'll show mercy unto the thousands of them that love me and, and keep my commandments. So who does he deem the ones that love him, the ones that keep his commandments? Who does he deem the ones that, that hate him, that hate him? The ones that don't, isn't it? Sure it is. Now listen. He says, he says, those that hate me, okay, so he doesn't send, he doesn't send sin of your forefathers down three and four generations to the ones that, that love him. But the, the key is, is exactly that. Now, expand your mind just a little bit. If the church says they don't, keep nor need to keep the commandments anymore because Yeshua, Jesus came, and now all we have to do is what? Walk around, be blessed all day long. Huh? Well, pretty well what we were told. And yet it didn't work. As I scream from the beamers across this, this great country, and I begin to say, show me the power of the Holy Ghost. Show me the power of God's anointed as it was in the book of Acts, no one would step forth. And the reason they wouldn't step forth is because they didn't understand. Does the church know that they're wrong? The church is asleep. Somebody said to me long ago, a number of years ago, do you think the church, do you think the church has been turned over to retrobate mind? I hope not. I don't know that. I do know that the church is asleep. I know that the church is full of religion. I know the church is not interested in the law. But I also know that, bless God, the Lord God considers even the church to hate him because they, do, they, do, they don't keep his commandments. Because, see, he will show mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. So God's love is not something that automatically comes. Remember, remember when I taught you 
Uh, bless God, way back in the beginning as to who the children of God really are. And the question was, who are the children of God? Some of you and most of you said, well, those are the ones of us that have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Well, that could be a type of that. I'm not gonna, we're not going to get down to splitting hairs about it. But those that are the children of God are those that bless God that keep the Holy Covenant and the testimony of His Holy Son, Yeshua. That is what that's all about. That's what makes you a child of God. That's what brings the divine protection. That's what brings all this stuff upon you that you keep it. But the other side of it is, and the centuries and centuries and centuries, brothers and sisters, of people that bless God that have been died before their time, sick, down and out, broke, that have sat in these places called churches. But yet nobody, nobody was willing to say, the king is naked. Meaning the old Hans Christian Andersen fable that I love so well. The king is naked. Somebody stood up and said to the church, church, you're wrong. Church, you've been asleep. Church, God blinded you. But now the scales are falling off the eyes of the people. Now God has called Ephraim to come home. Things, the game has changed, brothers and sisters, but the rules, the rules remain the same. Amen. Amen. Same God, same rule. And now we're beginning to see. Leviticus 19. Leviticus 19, 17. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Leviticus 19:17. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Hmm. Now wait a minute here. Nah, thou shalt not hate thy brother in thy heart. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thy heart. Well, I don't hate my brother. Well, I'm a Christian. I don't want well, I love my brother. Now let's stop for a minute and straighten that part out. We don't love each other, we tolerate each other. Okay? Let me tell you why. If you love somebody I'm not going to say there's not a little toleration that has to be shown on both sides. But what I'm trying to say is that if you love somebody, you love them. See, with God, and, and this is what you're going to have to grab onto this morning as we go the rest of the day and tomorrow morning on this subject matter. With God, you either love, I like it, I have such a big stage, or you hate there isn't any in-between. There isn't any gray area. No, you either love or you hate. You either love to, to love the steak that you eat, huh? the bologna that you eat, the milk that you drink, or you hate it. No, I just don't like it. There we go. If you don't like it, you hate it. See, uh, what we did in the church, we got, we got playing this game, and I always call it having gray areas. Where it's too harsh to tell people that you hate something or somebody. It's just easier saying you don't like. Well, I, don't, I really don't like that person. No, you hate that person. Now, the, the, the line being drawn in the sand here is to get you to realize you're living in sin and don't even know it. The Lord God said that we would do what? We would walk and be holy as he's holy. There is no hate in holiness. Say, there's no hate, there's no hate. In, holiness. in holiness. So when you get into that place and, and be sure in your notes that you write, I don't like... And under it, as you circle, I don't like, 
write hate in big capital letters. I hate. Well, I don't, I, I don't like mustard in my soup. I hate mustard. Well, I can understand that. Okay? I, I, I don't particularly uh, like that sister. You hate the sister. You hate the brother. You hate the, the whoever that is that you don't particularly like. Our rhetoric has to be changed. The change has to be in the heart, and then it has to be transferred to the mind, as I've taught you. So what we have to do is be, become hate-minded so that we can begin to identify, not in your brother and your sister, but yourself. This is about you. This is about me. It's not about them. Okay? Well, I know people that just, you know, no, 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 no. You leave that alone. You just worry about me, myself, and I in my case, okay? You, yourself, and you in your case. Let's get away from that. Well, I didn't particularly like that sermon. You hated the sermon. Are you starting to understand where we're going? Amen. So when you don't like, you hate. And the Lord God, and the Lord God, when he come up this, he said, you shall, you shall not hate thy brother in thine heart. Oh, uh-uh. We're talking about deliverance now. Well, I pray for him all the time, uh, Prophet, but I'm going to tell you what. I, yeah, I mean, I just have some real problems. Yeah, you do because you hate him. Do you know what forgiveness is? When you sought God and repented and, and asked for forgiveness, if you've got a problem with a brother or with a sister, it means never bringing the subject up again. It's just that simple. And if you still are thinking about it, let alone bringing it up, guess what? You've not forgiven. You're still hating instead of loving. So, oh, oh, this is too hard, prophet. You want to go with me to Israel? You're going to learn it. Because we are going to learn to love each other and not just tolerate each other. What does love do? i got news for you. Love does everything. Love looks over the other person's mistakes, shortcomings. Love will look past what somebody else believes. Love will look past those things. Hate always does what? Condemns. I don't like condemnation. I hate combination. But you see, as Christians, we can't go around saying we hate each other. Well, that just wouldn't be right, would it? No, it wouldn't. So we have worked out this little thing where, well, I have a real problem with uh, sister such and such there. And what I want to do this weekend is to get you to understand, yeah, you've got a real problem, okay, but it's not with sister such and such over there. You've got a real problem with you because it's you. It is you that's doing the hating. Well, I think they are too. Now, wait a minute. What are we, now, let's get, go back to this again. Let's leave them out of this thing. Let's bring you into it. It's you that we want to deal with. It's you that we want to bring forth in all of this, all right? Let's leave them over there, and let's concentrate on ourselves. Probably have to say that a number more times before we get started. Leviticus 19:34, if you will, please. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. Oh, oh. The stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and thou shalt love him as thyself. Now we're coming across something. You are to love a stranger as it is. Now we're told to love our brother, okay, and not hate him. Now we're talking about a stranger, and you are to love them as you love yourself. Now, if you haven't understood yet to this point, we're going into the end of this uh, study here a few minutes actually, there's going to be some great deliverance happen here this weekend. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
where we're going to have to start is we're going to have to start with you loving yourself. Because if you don't love yourself, you can't love someone else. You can't not only not love the stranger, you can't love the people that surround you. The hurts, the words that have been spoken, the things that have taken place in your life has caused you to look in the mirror and you don't even love yourself. Not all of you in this room. There's some of you in this room. This weekend is for you too. Because we are going to learn. As I said, uh, we have lied to each other for so many years over, oh, I love your brother or I love your sister. No, we, 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 don't, we, we don't love each other. Well, I said we tolerate each other. Until uh, tolerating you becomes uh, too much and then we get to sowing discord about you, judging you really, really well, don't we? Oh, God forbid. See, these are, now listen, these are secret sins, brothers and sisters. These are these little sins that really don't seem to mean very much. And, well, God, you know, I mean, God, there's more important things than God got to do than to worry about. Sin is sin. Has not changed from the beginning of time. Still the same sin today as they had then. It is sin. Sin is what keeps you from the blessings of God. Now, just because they are unknown sins doesn't negate the fact that they're not going to keep you from the blessings of God, because they do. That's the reason that I have said from the beginning, you have to understand God. You've got to understand what God's rules are. You want to play the game, you've got to understand the rule book. The church never bothered to study the rule book. The church made up their own game. The church made up their own rules. And you don't need this. You don't do that. Now, you know, I guess to give them a little bit of room, meaning the church, if they had some hard-nosed prophet like me, I don't think that would be going on. In fact, I'd guarantee it wouldn't be going on. But the fact of it is, the pastors, the way their hearts are, Bless God, they're, they're going to want, they're going to tolerate all this. That's the reason there's got to be prophets. There's got to be prophets. As much as you may or you may not have enjoyed the service last night, that is a prophet of God. One day you will learn to love that, and you'll learn to love that in me. The fact of it is, correction is never good at the time. But if taken, it will change your life and bring your life where God wants it to be in time. It has to the balance. And see, the church is out of balance with this thing of love. It's completely out of balance with it. Every place you go, I, 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 never, I never forget. Oh, you go to this church. Oh, Brother Decker, the love of God just flows in the people. No, it doesn't. No, it, it don't flow through the people. Their own love for whatever it is in the situation that they have flows. But as I said, we'll learn to love each other in this organization. Say, I, I will, will love, love my, neighbor my neighbor as myself. As myself. And you will. Deuteronomy 7. Deuteronomy 7. The ninth verse down through 15. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Now, of course, we've read that uh, several different times in different topics in which I've taught. But what I want you to grab onto here is the fact that, again, he's saying what? Keep, now, therefore, uh, th th that know, therefore, that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth commandment and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand years. So there it is again. Evidently, if you're going to love him, you're going to keep his commandments. I think that's very clear, isn't it? Sure it is. He says, he says, and, and then with love and keep my commandments. He said, that's the way this thing's going to work. He said, keepeth my covenant and mercy with them that love me, or, or love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Ten, 
and repayeth them that hate him to their, fa- to their face, to destroy them. Now, who hates them? Those that doesn't keep his commandments. Now, I, again, that, that's, the, I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're not into graduate school stuff here. This is 101, let's get it all together and understand, class. He considers the people that hate him the ones that don't keep his commandments. Now, brothers and sisters, I want you to put on your Holy Ghost wading boots. I want you to step out here in this with me for just a moment. I want you to answer this question. Is God's Word truth? Yes. Is everything else besides that a lie? Yes. Then if this is truth, then you understand that, bless God, that He says He's going to repay them that hate Him, the ones that don't keep the, keep the, the covenant, the commandments, to their face to destroy them. Now, can you understand why the church has as much problem within it as the world has out here? There is no mercy in the church. Why? Because they left, they left their first love. They left the Lord. They left the commandment of God. And they thought somehow that they can justify hating their brothers and sisters because, well, you're just not very nice. A real Christian wouldn't act that way. Come on. I've heard it all through the years. Well, now, I'm going to tell you one thing. <laughs> if they were really Christians, I, they, uh, you know, is that love? No, that, no, that, no, 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 no. That's hate. Well, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I mean, uh, can't we have opinions? Is everybody looking at me? No. That's what's wrong now. We all have an opinion. We have an opinion whether you like this program. We have an opinion whether, bless God, you like uh, Pepsis or Cokes or this or that. We all are opinionated. But that's not what this is about. This is about God's Word. In the beginning, the Lord God made heaven and earth, thus saith the Scriptures. The Lord God knew in order for this to work here on this earth, that he would have to devise a supernatural set of rules that would transfer itself into the human. So he did. The moon comes up, uh, the, oh, start with the sun, comes up in the east, sets in the west. The moon comes up in the east, sets in the west. The stars in the place in the sky. The oceans come up so far, high tide, low tide, and that's it. These are laws, and they are what? Perpetual? Yes. And they will always be there? Yes. Now, if the Lord God set all of that in the realm that he did, then why do you think we believe that we can walk out from under this and, bless God, it's okay because we're what? Well, I'm a Christian. Well, what does that give you a right to besides heaven after you give up the ghost? Well, I mean, well, I mean, after all, I'm, uh, you're better than what? You're better than the church down the street? Uh-huh. Well, <clears throat> now, Prophet Decker, mm-hmm, yeah, I attend the church of the righteous. Oh, that's good. That's good. Just down, yeah, down the street. And, uh, Prophet, I, I want to just tell you right now, we've got the light, and they don't. What have you just done? You just hated your brother and your sister down the street. I hope this is beginning to take some form with you because, you see, what, what we haven't done and what I beat on so far, and I have, is that we quit judging one another. We quit sowing discord, Okay. But now I want, to, I want to take this thing and I want to turn it and let you look at it in just a little bit different way that I believe that will bring every body in this room to repentance before this weekend's over. That we can begin to understand that God is not going to tolerate us not loving each other. You want God to love you, okay, then you're going to have to quit hating him. 
Let me say that again. You want God to love you? You're going to have to stop hating him. Well, 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 well wait a minute. Now, prophet, th- th- this is too hard. No, it's not. No, you see, right teaching, right believing. Wrong teaching, wrong believing. And where you have sat for all these years has been wrong teaching and wrong believing. Once you take the principles of the truth of God's Word and you begin to apply them to your life in whatever situation it is, it will work. God cannot deny the prayer, now listen, of the righteous. The church taught you that the righteous were the ones saved in Christ. No, the one saved in Christ is saved and you're going to have eternal life, which is everything in the end. Hallelujah. See how we see how we we took that and we twisted it and we made it sound like it was something that blessed God. <laughs> we just sort of used it like we wanted to use it, didn't we? And the church the church taught it to be so. Well, again, that that's fine and that may have worked well, but now we're at a place now where things are going to change. Why? Because most of you in this room have tasted enough of this to know that it works. Now, if that's true, say amen. Amen. Some of you in this room today are beginning to move over into the supernatural. And I'm watching that, and I'm loving every second of it. Because that's what I do as your mentor. When those things happen, I'm going to be there to say that's right or that's wrong. And you will appreciate that one day, too. But the key of understanding thus far, remember me talking about the carrot? Huh? That, that it's just like the carrot hanging out there on a pole. And, and, and the, the, the kingdom of God is out here. And you're, you, you think you're getting closer all the time, and, and you just keep, and the carrot just stays out there. You're really not catching up, but you're still going, right? Well, we're going to cause you to do a little catching up here this weekend. We're going, to, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're, going to, we're going to show you that, bless God, you can now move. You now are we're going to move. And if you want to hear into this teaching, you're going to move into a place you've never been before. A little bit higher. But in order to get you there, you have to have learned what I taught five years ago. Now, for those of you that are new in this room, you'll get something out of this. There won't be a, there's not a thing going to be wrong with you taking this. But for those of you that have been here, you're going to be able to go back and now and attach this into five years of teaching because I very ardently brought this forward. Very, very, very ardently have I done this as God has instructed me because, you see, these lessons are never easily learnt. It's not easy. Why? You live in a church society and society itself that lives like I have just been talking. Well, you know, I, I, I really don't like that church down there. You hate that one then. Well, I have a real problem, my brother said. You hate them then, don't you? Now, there's nothing about that sort of rhetoric that's going to get you blessed with God. Why? Now listen, out of the abundance of what? Your heart, what speaks? This. So if you're into that, that's what's here. How does this have to come out of here? It's called deliverance. It's called deliverance, the casting out of devils. You think that's a demon? <laughs> yeah, one, one, yeah one, a real demon, okay? Because why? You are doing what? You are murdering your brothers and sisters. We're going to get that. We're going to get to that. Now he goes on to say, in the, in the second part of that 10th verse, He will not be slack to him that hateth him. He will repay him uh, to his face. So he won't be slack. So in other words, you're going to get repaid. You're going to, now, now, does this sound just a little bit? Um, yeah, a little bit. Judge not, lest he be judged. Because what with you, in the way that you judge, you're going to be judged. And worse than the way you, they, you know, the, the judgment that you gave. Now listen to me. That's where it's headed. It started here, but it is heading because I'm going to tell you something. By the time Yeshua got to this earth, it hadn't changed. Nothing, nothing had, was any different. 
They had the same problem, those that loved the Lord God and those that hated him. Those that hated him. Now let's go on, 11th verse. Thou shalt therefore keep the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which I command thee this day to do them. Now that is a commandment. That is not an elective. That is a commandment as we have taught you. He said thou shalt therefore keep. No, no, no turning one way, turning the other way. Just keep, just keep, just keep the commandments. And, and, you know, the thing that I love about this at this point with you that I have, you found out that this isn't a burden. This, this isn't causing you to, oh, this is so tough and this is so hard. Oh, the only thing tough and hard about it is the church standing back here and pointing fingers at you and telling you you've lost your eternal life, right? And then some of your friends and family point you and uh, you're into a cult and this and that and everything else. Uh, the old story of it is, the blessings of God are starting to come upon some of you. But you see, again, God is, how can I say this? God has got a way of bringing us in. You remember me talking about the fact that, that in the beginning it was like a, uh, the anointing and, and the blessings of God were like a faucet? In the beginning when you're saved and especially filled with the Holy Ghost, things happened. And I always looked at it as a faucet. They turned the faucet on. Well, actually, I was showing that. And, and, and it was running at a pretty good speed, the water coming out of there. And as time went on, it got turned down, and it, it didn't flow as much, and it kind of dripped. And it didn't. What's God doing here? God is trying to show you that he's there. God is trying to show you that, bless God, what's happened to you with salvation and hopefully the infilling of the Holy Ghost is there. It's real. And that, that, that He is there. He is with us. But after a time, He's got to turn the flow of the blessing, the flow of the anointing down, in order for you to understand. You're going to have to work at this thing. And then if you're fortunate and you can find a real honest-to-God prophet, they're going to begin to bring you forward. They're going to bring you out. What did I tell you from day one? Uh, the devil's not the, 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 your, your worst enemy. You're your worst enemy. When you get the sin out of your life, the blessings can come into your life. And some of you went, no, you really didn't, but in the spirit realm you did. Because you thought you knew it all. You thought that you well, well, I've been to the first church of the righteous. Well, you better go back or, or try to find the second church of the righteous because the first one hadn't worked. Okay? So as we begin, as we begin this journey and, and God gives us the realism of how real he is, then he starts tightening that thing down. Then if you don't have anybody, a real prophet, to teach you what was going on there, do you know what happens? They just sit back and sort of fade away in the sunset. They will never be productive as children of God because they don't know the rules, yes. Because they don't understand supernaturally what's going on, absolutely. Because that faucet can be opened back up. up. Now, in some of your lives now, that faucet went from drip Drip, drip. Are you listening? To drippity drip, drippity drip, drippity drip. And soon it's going to go. That river of living shekundinamaha, of living water, is going to flow. But brothers and sisters, as I have watched both scripturally and spiritually over you, I have seen you come through this. Some of you are at a place right now where it's drip, drip. God, are you there anywhere? If you could hear me, you'd say, I'm right here where a voice been inside of you. But it is his way. It is his way. Why? If he left that thing running, we never would find him. If he let, if he let that, that, that faucet keep just, 
But no, he turns it down. He lets us experience something supernatural about him that we've never known. But we know that we know that we know. And then he begins to turn it down. And then, if we're fortunate to have somebody tell us that that's the way it works, then we can start saying, okay, now what can we do about that? Because I really did enjoy that. Maybe it wasn't full blast, but I really, yeah. You should have enjoyed it. You should seek after that as fine silver and gold so you can enjoy it again. And let me tell you something. Some of you are beginning to move in that direction. I, I wish so much that I could trust you. I will one day. To be able, those of you that are getting the drippity drip, drippity drip, to be able to sit down with the drip, drip, oh, stop it, and explain to them what you have done to get to the drippity drip. But if I let that happen, then we're going to have to have more deliverance, okay? Well, I'm one of the ones that the prophet pointed out in the service. Now, if you could just come to my home and sit down with me, and I could take the next two or three days to teach you the drippity drip, drippity drip. (laughs) Don't do that. Okay. Why did you bring it up? Because I just kind of seem to be reading in the Spirit. There's some of you that would volunteer your ways. Remember, the drippity drip is not the... Not even close to that, okay? (laughs) When you get to the, you'll be able to go down and take care of the people with the drippity drip. Did anybody understand? (laughs) You'll get it, okay? What an illustration. I didn't know that one was coming, okay? <laughs> I love it. All right, number twelve. Here we go. Wherefore he shall come to it shall come to pass if ye hearken to these judgments and keep and do them that the Lord thy God shall keep uh, unto thee the, uh, or thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto thy fathers. So you know, and again, we've been through this kind of stuff, and I know that. But I want you to go back. I want you to understand as we add this next portion called love to this thing. That it always comes back to the same thing. You keep the covenant. Now, since Yeshua's come, the testimony of Yeshua, a continuation of his holy covenant, the Father's covenant, then you understand, uh, bless God, he, he's going to bless you. He's going to bless his hawks off of you, all right? Thirteen. And he will love thee, okay, and bless thee and multiply thee. What more could you want? Now, how does that happen? If you, in fact, keep the commandments, the Holy Covenant, and now the testimony of His Son, Yeshua, He is going to love you, and He's going to bless you and multiply you. Say, this is God's command. So, if you do it, you're blessed. If you don't, you're cursed. We've been through that many times. That the Lord God said, I, I, I do put before you both blessings and cursings. Huh? And, and, and you know, you, you have to, life and death, and you have to choose this thing. Now, here's, here's where the Lord and I have had some lengthy conversations through lengthy fasts that I've been in. That don't seem quite fair that a bunch of knuckleheads in churches that didn't know this depth of this material because they didn't understand that only real prophets have revelation knowledge. They're the only ones that hear directly from the throne room of God when it comes to this type of a thing and, and many others. It's not fair that it wasn't taught. Now, now, that's the reason why I've come to a conclusion in these years that God blinded or hid this from the church. The blessings are there. The church has never achieved the place or the act of coming to that place where they walk into the blessings of God. They, 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 in fact, they've not even gotten close. Why? Because they were taught that when Yeshua Jesus came, that, bless God, that we no longer kept the law. 
And we all heard that. And we all did that. And then all of a sudden, this prophet and his time and the calling of his time on this earth became, began to come full turn. And the angel began to come and challenge me. The angel began to, 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 to say unto me, You shall keep the law, the commandment of the Lord thy God. You shall keep Sabbath. That's when I used to go around to the churches and, and, and where I was preaching in, and, and pastor was always wanting to sit down and, and have a conversation with me and, and, and talk about spiritual things. And so I'd always make sure we got around to, Pastor, where did Sabbath come from? Well, I don't know. We just always had it. Was it Sabbath? And I said, well, why is it on the first day of the week on, 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 on Sunday instead of the seventh day of the week, which is on Saturday? I don't know. We're just always done it that way. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. I never ran into one, and I'm going to make this number up because I'm not sure, in probably 500 pastors that ever had the foggiest idea in this world about Sabbath. Do any of you feel a little cheated? When you learn truth, then you, you just get into this thing going... Well, why didn't they tell me this? They didn't know this. They couldn't know this, number one, because God must have hidden it from them. And then the poor old Seventh-day Adventist people, and don't, don't think that I advocate their doctrine. I'm not sure what their doctrine even is. I know they keep Sabbath. All right? But boy, the church, the biggest thing that the church has been down on with those people is Sabbath. Okay? Well, you're, you're one of those Saturday, Saturday people, Saturday. No, I'm a Jew. Oh, well, you're supposed to keep the seven, you know. <laughs> I've had people tell me that. Now I'm going, now wait a minute. It's all right for me to keep the seventh day because I'm a Jew, and you do the first day of the week because you're a Christian? Well, now, same God, and, 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 you know, just because it's not the right day doesn't mean he doesn't honor it. Listen, bologna, I got another word, but I, Donna's trying to. <laughs> now, remember, sweetheart, let's try to keep everything uh, rated PG this weekend. <laughs> so far, we're doing good. Don't press it, though, okay? Don't press it. But you see, somehow in all this, it was what? A matter of knowledge. It was a matter of somebody wanting to know. I'd have to go back. But, but again, that's the reason I believe that God, I think God blinded the people. It wasn't time. And, and I'm going to say this, and I'm not, I'm not saying this presumptuously, but the fact of it is this prophet wasn't brought to the forefront yet. In order for this to be straightened out, and I've always known this from the time that the Lord God began to deal with me by sending the angels to me, it was going to take a real, honest-to-God, major prophet of God in order to come forth and to bring the truth of God's Word with a most powerful anointing of the Lord God in the name of Yeshua to break the bondage of this thing off the people. And I have always, always known that. And that's exactly what's going on. So, we've got to love each other. We've got to first love the Lord God, right? First love the Lord God. Okay, let's go on. Of course, he goes on down through in the 13th verse, and it's kind of like Deuteronomy 28, and the first few verses, 14 verses through it. Everything you can imagine is going to be blessed, okay? Everything you can imagine is going to, God's going to bless. 14 says, thou shalt be blessed above all people. How many in this room want to be blessed above everybody else? I got my hand up first. In fact, I'm getting both mine up. So that's a little selfish. No, 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 no. Nothing selfish about that. Nothing selfish about that. That was written, now listen to me, was written into the rule book. God said, if you will do all this stuff, if you will observe and do what? All of what I have commanded you, then he said the windows of heaven could even open. But he said, you will be overtaken. You'll be hunted down and overtaken by the blessing. Like I told you, and I've, I've told you for the last five years, Don and I are the two most best people, as far as I know, that's on the face of this earth. 
There is not anything that we ever even think of that doesn't show up in our home. Some of which we don't even know where it came from. Some of you are bringing gifts to us, the quarterlies. Thank you. We have told you over and over again, the only money that is ours, now the organization takes care of us with food, okay, with gasoline. We don't have insurance. Number one, don't believe in it, okay? And number two, I wouldn't have it if I could afford it. Don't believe in it. The only monies that comes into us that we're free to spend comes on the Sunday morning service, which is the prophet's offering. That's it. Have you ever heard me say, oh, oh, if we could just know. Don't need to. The blessings of the Lord God. I'm not sure that I'm, I'm not sure that the wind is shuts up there for us. Because they just keep coming down. It just keep, keeps coming down. I don't dare say to, to, to anybody, well, boy, it would be nice if, if Don and I had this or that. It would be there the next day on next day delivery. You know how it is. No. But you see, this is what the Lord is saying here. He said, he said it's going to come to this place. He said that I will bless you above all the people. Hmm. Then he says something else here. He says, he said, there will not be any female or male that will be barren among you or among your cattle. Do you know any gals that can't have kids? Sure we do. I have spiritually. Now this isn't going to be taken right, so it's not even going to say that. I can, and I have. My daughter-in-law is a prime example of that. Now, uh, she used to be Catholic. Now, do you understand the word used to be? Underline that. And so, uh, uh, her and my son Bernie get married. And so, bless God, um, Bernie said, uh, well, she, you know, he said, Dad, she kind of got a problem. I said, oh, really? I said, uh, you want to share this with your old dad? And he said, well, he said, uh, Dad, he said, sound asleep at night, and she'll sit up in the middle of bed and, and scream like somebody's murdering her. I said, that's a problem. Problem? He said, what, how do you think I think? Feel in the middle of the night. He said, I jump up out of that bed ready to fight. He said, I don't know what's going on. I said, well, I said, uh, have you told her about your, your old dad here when I, well, yeah, he said, yeah, I mean, she looked a little strange. They all look a little strange. <laughs> Until it comes time when everything else don't work. Then I, I become a little strange, a lot of strange, to the best friend they got, all of a sudden, whether it be my daughter-in-law or you, okay, when you were that way. So anyway, uh, he said, well, he said, I, you know, I told her. So a few months went by, and we're at a baseball game watching my grandson play baseball. And, and so uh, she sat next to me. She said, um, say, she said, uh, I, I'm, I'm Catholic, you know. I don't, folks, I don't know what that means when you say, I'm Catholic, you know. Like it's more spatial than everything else, or you're ashamed to be saying, or you just don't believe, you believe because you are Catholic, you know, that nothing can ever happen to you. I, eh, somewhere in the mix, it's all there. She said, I said, yeah. She said, uh, so she told me the story. I looked at her and I said, honey, let me tell you something. I can stop that where it'll never happen again in a New York second. You can. She said, well, Bernie said you could. I said, yeah, but I said, you know, you, you know, I mean, that's my son, and I'm called Crazy Deckard most places. She said, well, I, she said, would you pray for me? And I said, as soon as we get to get you back to your house. I did, God did, and she's never been that way again. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.